Hey guys, and welcome to episode number four of the Divorce Dads University podcast. I am Morgan, and this is Anthony, and tonight we're going to uh, talk about night school. Anthony, what the hell is night school? So night school is something that I came up with to basically talk about subjects that might be a little bit more adult. Yep. <laughs> you know, when you're at a university and they have night school, not, not all the time, the classes are a little bit non-traditional. So that's kind of what we're going to do with night school here. We're going to talk about some things that are um, a little bit more mature. Okay. Um, for the mature audience. So today's topic is uh, sexual eruption. I don't know if you all, that's a call back <laughs> to the Snoop Dogg song. Um, basically, it's divorce dads talking about <coughs> sex after divorce. Which is a, can be an interesting topic. Yes. Um, it's not something that you, I don't think, have seen a lot of people talking about. No. But it's definitely something that I think needs to be talking talked about. It's definitely something that I grappled with uh, when I was going through my divorce. And I'm sure that there are guys out there that are grappling with it as well, even though they might not want to talk about it. So yeah, 100%. we are going to be the sacrificial lambs today and, <laughs> and talk about it for you all. Um, so I guess I'll start with, we kind of have to back up. Before we kind of get into sex during or after divorce, I think we need to talk about sex during marriage. Um, yeah, I don't think a whole lot of people get divorced and had awesome sex lives. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I think there's there's almost like an unspeaking burden with when it comes to men and sex and marriage. Not all marriages. I'm not saying everybody's like this. Yeah, like 50% of them work but, out. Yeah, but I'm saying that from the folks that I know that I've talked with that are married and, and, and so forth, there can sometimes be some, I don't know how you say it, dry spells when, Understatement. when you're in a marriage. Um, and so if you get into that cadence of not necessarily frequently having sex for whatever reason, you're all too busy, you've got kids, you've got things going on, um, that can be kind of a challenge coming out of that situation when suddenly you have the ability to, I guess, have sex whenever, <laughs> yeah, uh, whenever you want. If you're, if you're lucky, if things are going well, lucky, which by so. the way, I always thought a sexless, sexless marriage meant no sex whatsoever, but it's actually <clears throat> anytime you're having less sex than you want to, or less than 12 times a year, 12 times a year, once a month is wow. a sexless marriage. Who's, who's that? Who says that? Internet, the Google machine. <laughs> the Google machine. Lots of lots of people on the Google machine. Wow, uh, twelve times a year. That's um, that's interesting. Um, yeah, so I think that that's something that people have to grapple with. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you, uh, you know, I know that there's always there's always the unicorns. You're talking about the 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 matrix with the unicorns. I forgot what it's called now. Oh, the hot crazy matrix. Yes. So there's always the unicorn, right? <laughs> well, so that was, that was comparing attractiveness to craziness. Right. You know, but, but yes, yes, there are unicorns that exist. Sex and, you know, you all having great sex in the marriage and despite kids and all that, you all are getting it in a couple times a week. Great. I can say from my experience, <laughs> that was not my experience. That's not <laughs> yes. what happened. And yeah, it was definitely a, a negative spot in my marriage. Um, and yeah, 
I can I, I can't imagine most people who are getting divorced had awesome sex lives. <laughs> yeah, I would I would say that. Um so I mean, talk to me a little bit more again about that what kind of goes through your head now as let's say you you've been married as you have and as I have and you might not be having sex frequently or often as much as you would want to as a man. Um, and now all of a sudden you are single and you have the ability to have sex or not have sex. Kind of what does that go through your mind at all? That it's kind of like you've been almost released. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, right, <clears throat> right after the separation, I just thought to myself, Holy shit, I can actually have a sex life again. This is going to be absolutely amazing. And, you know, I've always had a super strong libido and I was super excited. And then I thought to myself, wait a minute, this is a trap. <laughs> what do you mean? I am afraid to have sex with women because then that gives them power over me. <laughs> and, you know, then they're going to expect certain things from me, you know, even. You know, oftentimes you can outline your expectations from a relationship, you have sex, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's, well, we need to move in together next month. Or, you know, even something more insidious, uh, like, you know, a, a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, say they're on birth control, they're not. Um, you know, get trapped into a pregnancy. I mean, it just, it exposes you to a lot of risk. Mm-hmm. And so... I don't know. I'm very cautious when I meet somebody new because I'm just thinking like, what's our ulterior motive? Are they really into me or do they want something from me? You know, mm-hmm. I told you a couple episodes ago, I went on a <clears throat> date with a woman and uh, everything went well the first date. And then the second date, she started talking about marriage and how she wanted to quit her job. I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa. Couldn't get away from that one fast enough. And so... I don't know. It's a, it's a double-edged sword. I definitely don't look at sex the way I did when I was, you know, before my marriage, when I was in my early twenties. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I think it's the same thing for me. There was more kind of mental obstacles that I had to overcome. Um, you know, it's just the, I, I, I like familiarity. Yep. I like routine. <clears throat> so um, to jump to suddenly not have that, it was a little bit shocking and you know a little bit scary. Yeah. Um, so that because you want to do a d- good job, damn it. You want to know what you know <laughs> you're doing, and you you just go into uncharted territory. And you're like, I don't know, am I doing a good job? Is she lying to me? Am I actually doing a good job? Am right. I? It, it's can I communicate with her? Can I trust her? Can I say this? Can I do that? Yeah, because I mean, when you're married, you know, you have a connection. Obviously, had I mean, at yeah, one point, and <clears> it's <throat> like you can almost go through sex. Sometimes not even saying anything, you know, it becomes routine. So, um, I had to kind of overcome that. So I, you know, I did not have sex at all because I was going through all those things in my head Yeah, and I was like, there's no way I would be able to, you know, have sex. And then I, I also had, I was paranoid Mm -hmm. kind of what you talked about. And that's kind of a little bit what kind of our next topic, which is about sex after divorce, because, you know, I, you just never knew. I was I was always worried that oh, is this somebody that like knew my ex and they're trying to set me up or like oh, hundred percent. Is this someone that's trying to you know trick me so I can, something can happen and then they mm-hmm. you know, then I'm stuck. So you know, I was very skeptical after going through 
the trauma that every person goes through with the divorce, then on top of that, it's like, you know, oh, I, I, I don't know. You know, this is, this, is, this is an intimate act that I have been engaging in with one person for, you know, over, you know, 13 years, 14 years. Yep. And now all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> hey, I met you. I just met you a couple of days ago. And this ago. is crazy. Yeah. Let's take our clothes off. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, what? You know, it's just, it's kind of like when you are, are an adolescent and you learn about sex and it's just kind of like, no. <laughs> really? Is that what can happen? So, you know, for me, that I had all of those emotions and angst kind of run through it. And I realized that every every person is different. And, you know, we talked about it on our, our Tenderize It episode that kind of whatever works for you works for you. But, you know, there there could be guys that just want to just run out there and just go crazy. I would. And know, it's it, tempting. It's, it's super tempting. tempting. I would advise against that. <clears throat> but, you know, this is a no, no judgment night school. So, I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's yeah. what you want to do. But for me, you know, it was a little bit it was a little bit daunting. And, you know, I am. Um, you know, you also have to kind of deal with like, for me, I had to deal with kind of some self-imposed kind of issues that I'd put on. What kind of issues? Myself, like body issues. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, like when you you get married and you have the quote-unquote dad bod. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh, am I gonna look good enough? You know, as oh, dude, the last time I was single, I was, God, it, I think I was twenty-five. When I met my ex-wife mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> didn't separate until I was 30, 38 or 39, I don't know. But, you know, mm-hmm. a long, long time where I'm going to be naked in front of somebody mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and like, do I look good? Uh-huh. Of course. You're nervous as shit. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's just, there's all of those issues and it's just like. Like you said, it's a total. It's a stranger essentially. Yeah. And you again, it goes back to that familiarity and that comfort. Um, so that that was something that I was grappling with. And then you know, there's all kinds of questions. You know, am I adequate enough? Or is she gonna? You know, am I am I experienced enough? You know, when you when you've been with the same person for a while, you might get into routine and things might become kind of you know rote and not spontaneous. And you and this vocabulary so is just, just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I paid a lot of money to go to school to learn these words. Um, But yeah, I think that for me, those were all things that I was grappling with because now here there's all these different women. I've been with the same person for 14 years. And it's like, do I still have it? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was kind of. That was kind of some of some of my issues. Did you have any of those issues? Oh, hundred percent, absolutely. And I think the the biggest thing for me, like, can I just have sex? Yes, but good sex comes from feeling safe and like all those insecurities. Like you're okay being vulnerable in front of that person, mm-hmm. and you're not self conscious the entire time. You trust them, and like you have a really good emotional connection. Right. Like that's when you have really good sex, mm-hmm. at least for me because I'm an emotional bitch and I understand that and I accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, like the very first time after the divorce, like I tried to stop her. I was like, are you sure you want to do this? We've been on a couple dates. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, hey, I don't know. Like, is this something you really want to do? And she's like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> of course <laughs> I do. <laughs> and just jumped on top of me and grabbed me and said, here we go. Uh-huh. And that's because sometimes that might be what you need, right? To kind of slap, <laughs> snap you out of it, literally. It's, it's like, like, are you sure about this? Yes, boy, lay there and get to work. Yeah, that gets you out of your funk. 
um yeah you know you know because i'm like you know googling like you know what what do women like these days you know do they what do they want they want the toes sucked you know they want this (laughs) and that you know because i i didn't know and so those are kind of things that were all swirling through my head and so that's when i was just like well i'm just not going to engage because i don't know what these 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 women these days, you know, I sound like an old person saying that, <laughs> might, might want. And so that was that was a daunting task. And I, I think a lot of men who find themselves in this situation are probably going through that, even though they might not want to admit it or, yeah. you know, talk about it. Um, but I think it's definitely real. And it's something that you kind of have to understand that if you're having those issues, that's t- I mean, those thoughts or issues or whatever you might have, they are totally self-imposed inadequacies, right? Yeah. That you have put on yourself. And chances are, she's probably just as nervous as you are. Right, right. She's probably just as nervous as you are. And but you, you got to fake it. You got to be a big, strong man. You can't show any insecurity, and you have to be <laughs> in charge at all times. And you can't even let on for a second that that's going on. That's what we're told to do, right? Yeah. Um, but I think what what we can do is try to release ourselves of those thoughts and inadequacies. And like you said, I mean, it, it might not take someone throwing you down and jumping on top of you, but you, like you said, they might be nervous too. Um, and at the end of the day, you're as fly and as awesome as you want to believe that you are. Yep. So if you are thinking, Oh, I'm big or Oh, I'm not adequate or whatever it might be, that's you, but you are the only one that's, that's knowing that and, and that's no. causing you to project that out to the world. But if you wake up and you go, I like, I like my stomach, you know, I like my body, you know, I like the way I look, I'm, I'm good at sex, blah, 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 blah. Then everything just changes. Right. Yep. And you've changed that whole attitude. So how'd you make the turn perception? I did what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did work out a lot. Um, I will have to admit that. Um, and we'll, we're going to do several episodes about the importance of getting working out. But yeah. that helped a lot just with confidence, endorphins, and all that fun stuff. And God, it changes everything. Just helping me get more confident. And then, like you said, I, I was just like, you know what? I am a sexy mother. You know what? <laughs> right? You know, and I, I, can, I can have sex with the best of them. <laughs> you know? And once I kind of got myself out of that space of thinking worrying about inadequacies i was able to move forward um but yeah it it took a long time and it it took a long time for me to to realize that i, I didn't have somebody unfortunately you know throw me down on the bed like you did to kind of snap well, we were already <laughs> we were already in bed and i showed some hesitation she just took charge she like took, nah she we're just doing threw this you over her shoulder and just threw you in the bed <laughs> We're going to do this. (laughs) But did you, is that how, I mean, all joking aside, is that how you kind of got over it? Or did you have to, what were some of the things that you did to get over any self-imposed inadequacies? I mean, so, I don't know, I've been through multiple, you know, peaks and valleys with fitness throughout my entire life. You know, I tore my ACL in high school Mm -hmm. two times in a period of 12 months, got super fat. And then after college, I got skinny again and got super fit. Mm-hmm. And then career took over, got fat, then changed careers, got slim again, then got fat again, slim again. And so I was already on my way back into fitness um, mm-hmm. when the separation started. Mm-hmm. And honestly, one of the biggest things was just my mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I got into walking, like I probably walk 15, 20 miles a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going to the gym, you know, not only do you physically change, but more importantly, it's just the mental aspect, just mm-hmm. like my mental health is better. I'm more confident whenever I'm exercising and it's not necessarily because I look better naked. It's just the endorphins and all the stuff that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't wait to talk about uh, sauna and cold exposure in the fitness episode. It's going to okay, be great. Yeah, I'm well. pumped. Um, <clears throat> which all the way, by the way, sauna will actually raise your testosterone. Okay. And release human growth hormone. It does all kinds of great stuff. I got introduced to it a couple of years ago, and it's fantastic. But I practically do hot yoga in a sauna. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's like 115, 120. I'm talking like 185 to 190. I'm not trying to cook myself. Yeah, we're going to make an it. It's going to be great. Um, so one is just exercising gave me more confidence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after the the first time, it just got easier. Um, and you know, self affirmations, yeah. you know, kind of what you're talking about, just like, Hey, even though this relationship didn't work out, mm-hmm. I'm still good. Mm-hmm. I'm still attractive. And I actually had this discussion with my ex-wife, um, a couple months before the separation. Like one of my biggest fears about getting divorced was being single in my forties. Mm-hmm. You know, who's going to want me? Mm-hmm. You know, I was terrified. Um, but I can say it's worked out very well. Uh, those um, uh, beliefs were false completely, but, you know, you fear the unknown. And so, yeah, it was, you know, taking care of myself and, you know, just reminding myself that, yep, I am attractive. I am, you know, a good catch, even though I'm divorced. Somebody, there's lots of divorced people out there. Yeah. It's not the, you know, um, what did they put on the witches? Scarlet Letter. The Scarlet Letter. It's not the Scarlet Letter that it was. And you do need to like read or something. Man, my AD, I can't read. I literally cannot read. My ADHD is so rampant. Like, I will read for 10 minutes, get like three or four pages read, and my mind will be completely somewhere else. Like, I'm reading the pa- the, the words and saying them in my head, this is but why I'm thinking. I do the show notes, everybody. <laughs> and thinking about something else, and then I have to go back. Like, the only way I can consume information is in an audiobook or a video. I literally cannot. And that's why we're doing a podcast instead of <laughs> writing articles because it's up to me to write art. It just it wouldn't happen. I was like, let's write a book. And you're like, no, let's do a podcast. Huh, I'd rather shove needles in my eyes. <laughs> Gargle gravel. Um, well, uh, yeah, that, I think that, that what you're saying is right. I mean, all of those things are very critical to kind of overcome those issues. Um, exercise, eating right, you know, you know, and even if, if you're finding yourself having issues performing, you know, there's ways that you can do that. You can, you can change your mental health. Sauna apparently will help your testosterone. You can always get your HGH, man. It changes yeah. your world. You can also, you can always get medications, talk to your prescribed, your p- physician about, you know, hymns or something like that. I mean, if that, if that's what it takes to kind of get you back out there. Yep. And going, there's, there's hey, I had a bout with a- ED. <clears throat> what? I had a bout of ED. Oh, you did? Okay. Um, Would you like to talk about it? <laughs> I'm better about it now. I was super, super okay. fucking embarrassed at first. Mm. Um, I finally figured out that it was... Um, I'd started taking finasteride because okay. my hairline was receding. Mm-hmm. And this was even before the divorce. Yeah. <clears throat> I started taking finasteride and 
started having trouble with ED and I couldn't figure it out. I had all kinds of blood tests, went to the doctor, was a fucking wreck about it. Um, and then, you know, we didn't know that it was finasteride, but I just stopped taking it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it took like, fuck four or five months. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it only happens like 10 or 15% of men who take it. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it lasts forever and it's not reversible. Mm -hmm. Uh, fortunately for me, it was reversible. It was very, very lucky. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, Viagra, Cialis. Yeah. There's, there's many options and, you know, consult your physician or you might want to, you know, they, they're even, you can even like consult with the mental health person. I, I know that there's issues of body betrayal where your body is just like conditioned Especially if you've been in a long marriage or relationship, you have your body's gonna reject sometimes and be like, "What's going on? Yeah, this is not natural." So there's there's therapists, there's sex ther- sex therapists. Yeah, if your mind you doesn't feel to, safe, yeah. you're not gonna be able to perform. So that's definitely something to look into um, uh, if that if that resource uh, happens. So I think you know once you've kind of worked through those inadequacies and kind of shut that door on all that all that false noise, right? That's just, and it's just noise. It's nothing. And let's just be very clear. It's not easy to shut that door. It's not it's easy. hard. It's hard. But it's not easy whatsoever. It takes a lot of time. It takes time. Um, but I think eventually once you can get to that point in your life where you can shut that door. Um, and like you said, it might take a while. Um, I think then it starts to go, okay, well, what, what's the right thing to do? Right. Would I, if I find someone, you know, should I jump right into bed with them? Should we, do we have to be in a relationship? Um, you know, all of those kind of questions start swirling. Um, so what, what are your thoughts on, on that question? I don't know if there is a right answer. I mean, it was, you, know, you get caught up in the lust yeah. And you're like, yeah, they're hot. I'm into them. But in the back of my mind, especially because my divorce was so nasty, mm-hmm. like I'm just always thinking like, are they being honest with me? Are they being truthful? Can I trust them? Um, and so for me, I've got to build up a lot of trust mm-hmm. before I think it's right. Um, and yeah, I've probably run away from a couple of relationship opportunities just because I was like, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, just, I'm sus- I'm being suspicious without any real cause, mm-hmm. but I don't feel safe. I'm just going to run away. Well, I think you have cause, it's just <clears throat> been, but not with that person you projected it on someone. Exactly. New. Um, that's like, that's hard because, you know, that's always in the back of my mind whenever I meet someone. Um, it's just like, where is this going to go? You know, it's like, uh, you know, you're kind of like <laughs> walking into it. Like, I don't, I don't really know if this is going to go well. Um, and for me, it's, it's, it's taking a long time to kind of get to the point where I feel comfortable enough with someone to try to build a relationship with. And, you know, that's, that's very hard. Um, but I think, you know, to the, to the question about, well, what do I do? Um, I think you kind of got to look at it from different, different perspectives. Like, you know, we talked about this with the tenderize episode, right? It's like, yep. you know, 
if you're on Tinder, if you're on Plenty of Fish, if you're on, you know, whatever it is, and you're swiping left and right and doing checks and having meetups, I mean, I think the expectation is at some point you all are going to hook up. Yep. So I think if you're, if, you're, if you're going that route, there really isn't a question. I think it's when you go all of the other ways, <clears throat> like what, what are the signs and, and what do you read? You know, for me, another thing that was really different is that the whole dating landscape has changed dramatically from when I was back in it, you know, 15 years, 14, 15 years ago. Yep. Like nowadays, I'm very concerned about a lot of things about STDs. Oh yeah. And, you know, my and I and we can attach the link uh, to our website, but my yoga instructor gave me a great website <laughs> go that on. you can go to that will give free STD screenings. The only problem is you got to send the blood off and it takes a week. So if the person that you're with is willing to wait a week, they'll yep. come back and tell you everything. You can also around here go to like a a Conviva clinic or something and get a, a blood test or something. That's critical. I think that that's important because yeah. that's something that's changed a lot. Um, not a lot of, uh, you know, safe sex is not practiced as much as it should be. Um, then I think after you consider that, then there's also considerations about, you know, what, when you make it to that next level, what is acceptable? You know, we, we all know that there's a lot has changed, you know, especially with the Me Too movement. Which is a hey, great hold on move. one second. While you were going talking about STDs, mm-hmm. I remember seeing a news article about it, <clears throat> and this is from like nine months ago on the CDC's website. Reported STDs reach all-time high for sixth consecutive year. Mm-hmm. Uh, newly released 2019 STD surveillance report found uh, chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis. Uh, were the most common, a nearly 30% increase in reportable STDs over the last five years. And the sharpest increase was in syphilis, um, which quadrupled in 15 and 19. And yeah, STDs are not calming down. And I'm not going to lie, AIDS, HIV scares the shit out of me. Yeah. I, and I think, I wish if I had my phone, I could look up that link. But I'll we'll post it on the description in the comment box here because it's a great... Resource and I, I personally look at it like this: Hey, if the partner's not willing to wait five days, then that tells you all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, one in three people, one in three. You know, don't do the math. <laughs> don't get drunk and make a decision yeah, you're going to regret. Do the math. Um. So that's an issue. Then another issue, as I was saying, was you know, you know, the Me Too movement has changed kind of thing, the way that I think men look at you know hooking up. Um. I'm not disparaging the Me Too movement. I think it's a great and a necessary movement, obviously. But, I mean, we've all heard about the Aziz Azari, you know, situation where, you know, he was having oral sex performed on him. And, the, you know, the, the woman that was performing it after the fact said that, you know, he assaulted her. Yep. And she said she was giving nonverbal cues. And, you know. Yep. What? Yeah. You know, that is, it's little, it's little, that is, that is, that's. And yeah, so that hard kind to of stuff swallow. scares me. Oh, 100%. Literally. <laughs> that kind of stuff scares me because, you know, you just never know what's going to happen. And I almost feel like you need to have like an online consent form or something. There's know? actually an app. I can't remember what the hell it's called, but there's actually an app. You both download it and you both um, sign it. There's no such thing. Are you serious? No, 100%. Here, I'm going to Google it. <laughs> 
Let's see. Uh, sex consent app. There's now a mutual consent app. Um, let's see. What's this thing called? If that's awesome. Good to go. Are we good to go? <laughs> no, thanks. Yes, but we need to talk. I'm good to go. I am sober, mildly intoxicated, intoxicated, but good to go. Pretty wasted. Oh. Partner, confirm your sobriety level. Okay. And so, yeah, when was this? This was, oh God, this is all the way back in 2014. This has been around for a long time. Well, if you if you say that you're not sober, then that there, ways, there goes yep. your consent. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so those kind of things scare me. Like you said, almost to the point where I'm like, do I need to have a signed consent? Do I need to film everything just to make sure that there's no issues? But is that, that legal? Raises, that raises a whole nother can of worms, yeah. right? So it's just, for me, that was a lot swirling around that scared me. Um, I don't know. Did what, what are your thoughts? Did you kind of have any of those reservations? Oh, no, 100%. 100%. Actually, when I was in college, one of my buddies um, hooked up with this girl, <clears throat> and it was January or February. And then a couple weeks later, she came to him and said, hey, I need a thousand bucks for an abortion. Oh. I'm pregnant and he's, you know, he's giving her the money as fast as he can. He's like, you know, in his early 20s, doesn't want to have a kid, not ready, mm-hmm. especially with a, a girl he's only known for a week. Well, come to find out, um, spring break rolls around and it was a ploy to get a thousand bucks so she could go on spring break because she didn't have the money. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he found out through a mutual girlfriend who went on spring break with her. She got drunk, told the mutual friend all about it. And when they got back, uh, she told him. And so, like, I don't know. We've talked about trust a bunch. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, like, I don't trust anybody. Right. But there's just all these anecdotes. And somebody that you've only known, you know, for a week that you've been on two dates with or one date, like, you don't really know who they are. You don't have chance to see, you know, what they say, how they behave, and whether or not their actions over time align with that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'm just very hesitant. <clears throat> no, I agree. And so those are kind of things that, you know, you kind of, I was grappling with as, you know, you explore this new dating landscape. Um, and I think that those are things that you have to consider. So, you know, one thing I never can tell, um, is how do you know when she is ready to take it to that next level? Like, because I feel like that is, I don't know if that's changed or if that's the same, um, like back when I was in the game before, but what are your thoughts on that? I mean, how do you, what are, what are kind of, other than when she throws you over her shoulder and throws you over the bed, <laughs> what, are, what are your, I don't know, I guess cues or signs or, is it just like a it's a third date that's expected kind of thing or no so this is going to sound really corny but i'm just wildly blunt mm-hmm. you know it's hey i really like you, you sure a nintendo thumb <laughs> <laughs> no I, the nintendo thumb is how you get to the first Let date let me show you my joystick <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just super blunt i'm like hey you know I had really fun, a lot of fun tonight. Would you like to come back to my place and spend the night? I don't explicitly say, hey, do you want to come back to my place and have sex? Mm-hmm. But it's, hey, I had a lot of fun. Do you want to come back and spend the so night? So you put the and spend the night on the end. It's yeah. not just like, hey, let's come back, watch a movie, have a drink. Or or like, 
if it's even well, it's through the week you're not drinking so i guess it'll be just like uh watch a movie or something Man, i hardly even drink at all anymore which was also part of getting my self-confidence and mental clarity back um but you know if it's the third fourth date and you go on out like send him a text message say hey be sure you pack your toothbrush okay and so it just kind of sets the tone and you're going to know immediately i don't know you know you can always play it coy and kind of try and play it slow. Um, And they're going to give you nonverbal cues. There's going to be body language. You know, are they smiling? Are they bashful? Are their feet pointed toward you? Are they not pointed toward you? Like you, you should know unless you're just, you know, have, um, Oh, what's the, the, I can't can't think of the syndrome on the spectrum. You know what you're talking about? Oh God. If you're on the spectrum, you can't. It'll hit me. Hold on, I'll go back to the Google machine. Not Aspergers or As- not, Aspergers. Not not Aspergers. <laughs> Wearing out the Google mm-hmm. autism. Mm. Unless you have autism and you have trouble uh, picking up on nonverbal cues, mm-hmm. you know you're gonna know. But I always just choose to be extremely forward mm-hmm. and explicit. Um, I don't know. It's worked out for me. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what works. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as blunt. Um, Nintendo thumb and the toothbrush, man. Yeah. Just show her your Nintendo thumb. Tell her how great you are at uh, Excite Bike. <laughs> She'll be impressed. Uh-huh. And then after the third date, you know, when you get ready for the fourth date or whatever it is, yeah. just send her a text and say, hey, um, looking forward to seeing you tonight. Be sure to pack a toothbrush. That, that works for you. Huh? That works for you. Yeah. Works great. Hmm. I have to try that sometimes. <laughs> Boldly <guess>. forward. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna teach you how to use the Nintendo thumb one day. Uh, we'll see. Um, okay. <laughs> so you know, I think that that's 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 some helpful tips because I think, you know, as married men coming out of a long marriage, or it doesn't have to necessarily be a long marriage. You're kind of slow on the game, right? <laughs> you know, you don't know. Like, do I have to go to a bar and buy her a bunch of drinks? And then, you know, we have to go out on, on 2.5 dates before it happens or or what. But I think that that's a great tip about being blunt. I think we've, you're right, we've kind of earned the right to ask for what we want, right? Yeah, everybody I mean, is. We're, we're older now, so it's not like we have to play these games that we might have played when we were in our 20s or younger. Yeah. That we can just say, hey, you know, you want to stay the night and bring your toothbrush, you know? Yeah. So, um, I think that that's that's a good point, and I think that that's something that I hadn't thought about, and maybe you know, hopefully, some other guys can think about as well. As as um, it's almost like it's using that like a dad authority, right? It's like you know, <laughs> I'm gonna uh, this is what's going to happen, you know, not not like taking it to the extreme, obviously, but like as far as asking or initiating, I think that that's that's great. That's some great advice. Yep. Um. So. We hooked up. Are we dating now? <laughs> Are we exclusive? I think it just depends on the person. Yeah. There are a lot of people out there that, you know, once they hook up, then they are committed to dating and they're going to work it out. And a lot of times it doesn't work out, but sometimes it does work out. You know, I, funny enough, took a page, taking a page out of your book, I just ask. I have that. I asked that question. Yeah. You know, I wanted to know what, when I, as I'm in, you know, 
relationship. I wanted I wanted to know like where where are you at? So we just had a conversation. You know, we went for a walk and we had a talk, and I wanted to know like what are your thoughts? And then you know, turns out we were on the same page. We we getting to know each other. We're just dating. We're not exclusive, and it was great because I think if you don't have that conversation or have that communication, if one person is thinking one thing and another person is thinking another, it could lead to resentment. Oh, quick, and, fast, and in a hurry. Right, and we and you never want that because that's going to bubble over and just destroy things. I mean, there are people that I think believe that once you've had sex, you you're connected. You know, you're this is so we're going to be together, and this is yep. just how it is. And then there are some people that are just like, this is another day. You know, mm-hmm. and it's not really something that's important. So I think for me, that would be a time when I would be direct and have the conversation. Instead of trying to like, you know, figure it out, you know, because then there's then you go crazy because it's like you've hooked up and then it's like, well, they didn't text me the next day. What does that mean? Or, you know, the next time I see them, they don't want to hook up. What does that mean? You know, there's just all these things kind of swirling around. You know, for me, I value sex as 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 I, I, I see sex as something important. And to me, it's a connection like it means something to me. So it's it's like I'm. I'm engaging in something physical, but it, it, it's, it's an act of showing a bunch of things, admiration and, you know, desire and all these things. Yep. And so for me, these aren't things that I'm just going to just put on a shelf and be like, oh, I can just. <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> see you later. For me, it means something. So that's why I say it's, uh, you know, it's slower for me to get to that level. So that's what I'm expecting, you know, when for me, and this is just for me yep. personally, when I engage in, in sex. So it's like, I need to know if they kind of view it that same way mm-hmm. because they might view it that same way, which is great. Or they might view it completely different. And then now, now you're at this crossroads is like, okay, now what do we do? Um, and most times for me, if that was the case, it would be over because yep. I can't overcome how I view something or how it makes me feel. So oh, hundred percent. What about you? So, one little side note I was thinking about, there's um, there's an Instagram account I follow that talks about attachment and relationships and <clears throat> how men and women view things differently. Mm-hmm. And the the woman who runs it is a relationship coach. And one of the key differences she pointed out between men and women is men have sex to feel connected, mm-hmm. whereas women have to feel connected to have okay. sex. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of like that, you know, what came first, the chicken and the egg, the connection, because women, you know, not all, but usually have to have a strong connection before they're willing to have sex. And men don't feel a stronger connection until after they've had sex and they feel super connected. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, I don't know, it's, it's really weird. And I'm definitely the one who's like, yeah, we had sex. We're dating now. (laughs) We're, we're exclusive. We're dating. Mm -hmm. Um, I may get attached very, very quickly. There's nothing wrong with me. Everybody's different. Um, Do you have those conversations? Like, do you ask? Or can you just kind of tell? Like, So anytime you assume it makes an ass out of you and me, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, pre-marriage? No, hell no, I wasn't having those conversations. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm just going to, we're just going to have fun and drink and party and have sex. And then we'll worry about what it means after the fact. And now that I'm much more mature (laughs) 
and realize the shitstorm that I'm going to have to deal with after the fact if I don't have those conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, having those conversations, even though they're scary or can be sometimes hard, mm-hmm. it's much better to have those conversations mm-hmm. beforehand instead yeah. of after. Yeah, and I think it's good too that if you feel like there isn't that connection even after you've had sex that you know you kind of do the responsible thing and just kind of let that go Mm -hmm. i think that um we might as as divorced men want to kind of keep a build a roster yep you know to kind of keep our confidence um but that at the end of the day that's kind of going to backfire on you oh it feeds the ego it makes you mm -hmm. feel good but at the end of the day it just comes down to you being insecure with yourself Right. And it's going to prevent you from finding a real relationship that's meaningful, has connection. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, I didn't figure that out for a very, very, very long time. Well, it, it's hard because, like you said, because we talked about earlier today, you know, you come from a marriage, you're thrown into the situation, and now you're in this new world of dating with all of these different nuances and things going on. But I think if you're honest with yourself... And you have to be honest with that partner. If you've if you've got to that next level and you've picked up on all the cues and you've you've made yourself blunt enough to say, "Here's what I want," um, I think that's good. So I think um, once you've kind of gotten to that level, and let's say, okay, you're you're hooking, you've you've hooked up, um, or it's leading towards a hookup, you feel like you might be, you're maybe not in a relationship. Um, do you? What are some of the things that you do? Because I've got to I've got to talk about kind of some some things that we as men like to do. Um, like we what? We're connecting with someone. I don't know. Like I don't know, sending pictures or asking for pictures. <laughs> um, that is something that I think we need to talk about. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, wh- my thoughts are here's my thoughts about sending pictures. This is just my opinion. Go on. Okay. I don't like having a lot of things memorialized. Okay. Um, that could could or could not be used later on down the road. Right? Yep. You know, so for me, it's it's if 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 she sends pictures, I won't ask. Okay. It's kind of creepy to ask. I won't ask. Now if she sends pictures, great. Thanks. I appreciate you. But what what else? What's not going to happen is that I'm going to send pictures in return. Just for me, it's not something that suits me. Um, so uh, I I think that that for me is is something. Got to protect that future political career. Well, yeah. I I, I think a lot of you don't want to be. Men, what was that uh, senator? Some Anthony kind Wiener. of Weiner, Weiner, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was what I was thinking. His last of. name was Weiner. <laughs> sending pictures of his Weiner. Yeah, you don't want to end up being <laughs> that guy. And if you are going to do it, don't include your face. Yeah. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I'm with you. Um, you know, definitely no face pics. Yeah, that's like rule number one, right? Don't. Yeah. They'll put you, but can't they like tell? Like, can't they look at the coordinates? Like, if you have an iPhone and see that it's you. That's in the picture. Yeah. So <clears throat> this is, so I know me, a lot. Give of, me a tech lesson. I, I know a, a shitload about technology. Okay. Um, so if you are going to send one of these pictures mm-hmm. and there's something called EXIF data attached to your images. Okay. So dot EXIF. 
Um, and so if you go on your iPhone and if somebody texts you a picture, you download it. And then when you open the picture in a full view, mm-hmm. there's a little I like uh, information question mark. Tap that. Mm-hmm. It will tell you whether it was the front camera, the back camera. It will tell you how wide the angle of the camera, how many megapixels. It will give you the GPS uh, coordinates of the photo as long as the person taking the photo or the camera, ta- the phone taking the photo has uh, location services turned on. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, and especially like if somebody takes a picture um, with a, a, a professional camera, it's going to have all kinds of information, color, what type of camera. And a lot of newer professional cameras will also have GPS. So it'll include coordinates. Um, and so you can learn a lot. And, you know, I've had people send me pictures and say, well, I'm at home in bed. Mm-hmm. Send me a selfie. And then you can pull it up and you can see, motherfucker, this was from like two weeks ago. Which <laughs> <laughs> is three years old. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so you can, if somebody sends you a picture, you can tell when it was taken, mm-hmm. where it was taken, whether it was the front camera, the back camera, all kinds of information. So, you know, just kind of a dating tip to make sure that like what they're telling you is actually the True. truth. Yeah. Um, so then if you send a picture, we well, hold on. Cut off. So, but okay. I'm not saying you shouldn't trust somebody. You should trust them, but verify. Okay. Trust, but verify. Now, if you're the one sending the picture, right? so take that picture and then pull it up in your, um, uh, you know, photo viewer, mm-hmm. then take a screenshot. The screenshots don't have any of that EXIF information and okay. then send the screenshot. So you can send a screenshot without that information. Yeah, there's no, like, grab your phone real quick. Just take a screenshot. <clears throat> just a screenshot of whatever. Okay. Now screenshot that picture. Okay, go to that picture. Now down in the bottom. Oh, here, let me see it. So we go done, save to photos. We go to our photos. Here's my screenshot. And so this little eye right here, yeah. we hit that. And then there's no information. Oh, okay. Now swipe to the, the original picture. Okay. Now hit the little eye. Mm-hmm. Let me see it. Yeah, so this was taken on an a- a- Apple iPhone XR rear camera, 26 millimeter um, aperture, 1.8, 12 megapixel, size of the picture, ISO 320, 26 millimeter, the whole nine yards, 1 60th of a second exposure, and it's an HEIF uh, exposure. Um, and if you had location services on, it would show you the GPS coordinates and which direction the phone was facing. Wow. Um, That's crazy. <clears throat> and so if somebody sends you a a picture that's not an iPhone photo, you can just go to, just Google uh, Exif Viewer mm-hmm. and you can upload it and it will give you all the information. Um, yeah, there's tons of tons of information so this attached. Is, this is another reason why I don't want to send pictures, even if my <laughs> face is cropped off. But I know that, what is it? Um, tick, not TikTok. Um, what's the app that Instagram. you can send a picture and it'll go away? Snap. Snap. Yeah, and you've also got vanishing mode in Instagram messages now. What is that? <clears throat> it vanishes after it's viewed or 24 hours. Basically, 
Instagram tried to buy Snapchat like circa 2014, 2015, and then uh, Snapchat said no, and so Instagram and the Zuckerberg uh, empire got pissed off, and then they just uh, took Snap or Instagram and turned it into Snapchat with stories, mm-hmm. and then they introduced vanishing chat, vanishing photos, um, and pretty much just made it mimic Snapchat. So what is the... I mean, do women ask for these pictures? Like, what is the draw? I'm just fascinated. I've had the ask. I mean, I I guess I don't understand. Like, if you've seen this person, <laughs> why do they need the picture? So, I think it's kind of hot. Okay, explain. So, A, you know, the sender of the picture is getting validation, you know, in some kind of way of... Oh, I like that you're hot, you're sexy, or whatever. And then the person who's receiving it is hopefully getting turned on, and they know that the other person thinks that they're attractive enough to send them that. And you know, it's the 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 new way of you know flirting, communicating attraction and intent. Um, but there is a lot of risk that goes with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of risk. But I think if maybe if it goes through those vanishing platforms <laughs> <laughs> or this tip that you've you've, you've taught our viewers today about yeah but the, just because it goes to a vanishing yeah. platform mm-hmm. they can still take a screenshot and both instagram and snapchat are going to tell you they took a screenshot mm-hmm. but you've got two phones most people have a phone and an ipad right, right. or some other device mm-hmm. you can or like my laptop's got a camera on it mm-hmm. you could just Open the picture and take a picture of your phone with another camera instead of a screenshot. Just because it's disappearing doesn't mean that you won't be able to to capture that image. So, yeah, just be careful. Yeah, try to don't put your head out. Don't put your head in it if you if you absolutely have to send one. um, Don't put your head in it. Um, Yep. So yeah, I think that. um, So you know you 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 reach that level. You're you're in you're in you're having sex. You talked about you know you want to have a relationship or if you don't and you've kind of come to kind of come to that happy median um and then you have the moment where you realize i'm divorced and i'm not really necessarily committed (laughs) (laughs) do i need to be committed if something flashy and new pops up your way um I think you owe it to the other, I think you owe it to the other person. If you haven't had that discussion of are we exclusive or not and something else crosses your line of sight that you're interested in, mm-hmm. I think the responsible thing to do is have that discussion mm-hmm. and say, Hey, are you don't have to say, Hey, I want to go bang somebody else. Right. But you at least own the decency of saying, Hey, are we exclusive? Are we not? This is the way I see it. Do you see it the same way? Get on the same terms. Right. Um because when you don't do that, you know, that's how you get all your uh, clothes burned. You get your car <laughs> keyed. Yeah, yeah. You know, you get crazy women showing up your kid's school. Like, yeah, thing, they, things go south quickly. They drop your nude photo on the, on the airplane or something. <laughs> Did so, you see so that? Everybody can see. Did you see that where the, the yeah. pilot said, whoever's airdropping the nude photos, whatever that is, please stop. Or we're going to have to turn around and get the police involved. You just never know. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Well... <clears throat> I've en- I've enjoyed this talk, and I, I think that um, you know, this episode of Night School was you know just 
kind of for us to kind of break the ice a little bit and talk about sex after divorce and all of the different things that kind of we touched on today. Um, I definitely got learned some some takeaways today about being more direct. Um, take screenshots take instead screenshots, of uh, sending uh, the actual photo. And you can research whether or not they're telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. And definitely just ways to kind of stifle that. I think one of the most important things to kind of want to get out is just really work on trying to take away those, those inner, not insecurities, but just take away that voice or those things that are kind of hindering you from feeling that you're attractive or feeling that you have the ability to get out there or feeling <coughs> that you won't, that you're not worthy enough to find somebody. You oh know? yeah. Because that's another thing. If you want to sit back and say, Oh, well, what did I do wrong? What could I have done differently? You know, you're, you're never going to, you're never going to go anywhere if you keep looking backwards. Right. So, uh, so the one, the, the number one thing that works for me <clears throat> is just being ungodly transparent and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, Hey, new person who I just started dating. You know, it, I was in a marriage for a really long time and I'm pretty uncomfortable about this mm-hmm. and I want to make sure that uh, I do a good job and you know, I'd really appreciate it if you would tell me what it is that you want, what you don't want, what you like. Mm-hmm. Um because I really want to please you, but I I need your help telling me this. And some people might think like that's the most beta, you know, but it works amazingly well because they've got their guard up too. They want to make sure they're doing a good job. They want to make sure that they're attractive. Mm-hmm. If you come to them and just say, Hey, you know, it takes a lot of courage and confidence to be vulnerable and say those things. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden their guards down. And then it's a lot easier for both of you to connect and enjoy yourselves mm-hmm. and have a much better experience. I agree. I think those are, but it's scary as shit. It is scary, but, but it know, works. Damn it. You got to overcome it. Uh, you ever heard of Brene Brown? No. Okay. Uh, Google Brene Brown vulnerability. Uh-huh. There's a TED talk on it. She's written a bunch of books. It's amazing. Um, it was. It's been super helpful over the last you know year and a half, two years. Okay. Yeah, have to check it out. Maybe we can put a link to it in the. Yeah, Brene B R E N E Brown. Brown. Okay. Well, um, I think that's gonna wrap up our show. Uh, Morgan, tell them where they can find more information. Tell them about that wonderful website and hopefully soon to be social media presence. Yep, uh, and Div Dad U is actually working. I finally got the DNS sorted out, and right. the shit is live. Yeah. So uh, you know, go over to the website, check out uh, Div Dad U D I V D A D U dot com. You can sign up for our newsletter for all kinds of awesome information and find out when we drop a new episode. As well as there's a spot there where you can ask us questions or suggest new uh, episodes, and soon. We'll have all of our social media links. Mm-hmm. Um, really appreciate you guys watching, listening, whatever platform you're on. Greatly appreciate it, and we will see you in the next episode. See you next time.